0: Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert, and today with my awesome, just-finishing post-op co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. How are you doing, Dr. Ravello?
1: I'm freezing. I know. I'm freaking freezing. It's
0: really cold in here. <laughs> it's air. really
1: cold. It's cold it's really in co- Southern co- California. It's really cold in Los Angeles right now.
0: <laughs> I should have said my, my icicle <laughs> <laughs> co-host. We today are going to tackle a much uh, warmer uh, topic of fat grafting.
1: Yes, we are. Even though it's it's freezing, it's below 60 in Los Angeles it is, right now.
0: It is. I think it's like 53 degrees outside.
1: Which is just way too cold.
0: It's too cold. It's too and, cold. And it's 53 degrees in here. It's actually fifty nine.
1: So instead, we're going to talk about yeah. It's kind of a warm topic, right? Because fat is like blubber. Like it's literally blubber. It's what keeps us warm. So if you don't have a whole lot of it,
0: notice I'm not freezing. <laughs> 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 so what does that say?
1: <laughs> uh, uh, no comment.
0: <laughs> Good choice.
1: Uh, but it is that fat helps keep you warm. But sometimes we have to redistribute that fat. And that is what we call fat grafting.
0: Right. So anytime you take tissue from one part of the body and put it somewhere else, it is a graft of some kind. Uh, It can also be a flap, but this is a fat graft because you're actually taking out the fat. Typically we use a a cannula, much like like a liposuction cannula, suck out the fat either into a canister, sterile canister or into a syringe, Process it in some way. some way. There's many, many, many ways. You ask if you ask hundred plastic surgeons how what they do for their fat before they fat graft it, you will get one hundred answers. A thousand
1: percent.
0: N- that none of which are the same, and they will all have some sort of way that they like to treat the fat before they reinject it into another area of the body.
1: Yes, and so the actual extraction of the fat, like you mentioned, is with liposuction. So standard liposuction techniques. These are little small incisions, usually, you know, a few millimeters. And then we have a a cannula, which is just kind of a long tubular structure that's attached to a suction device. And then we do liposuction. We actually suck out your fat And then it goes into a container of some kind. Like you said, it's processed, it's washed, antibiotics or strained or whatever it is. The idea being that you clean the fat of all of the fluid that might be surrounding it, the blood products, so you just have a nice, pure piece of fat. And then you have what's basically considered liquid gold in our profession because fat has some amazing qualities and it can really transform the areas that you put it.
0: What's your favorite area of the body to fat graft?
1: Mm, I like the breasts because that's what I do, and I like the face.
0: Yeah, and uh, I've actually – those are also my favorite. I I think fat grafting works great in the breasts. I think it works great in the butt too. It works great in the butt. I do my skinny BBLs. um, So like if you need 200 cc's of fat in in your butt cheeks, I'm your guy. If you Um, need more than that. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) you got to talk to somebody else. I only do, like my my BBLs are all these like skinny BBLs. But the, um, and BBL stands for Brazilian butt lift, uh, just for those of you who are following along at home. Um, But recently I've become enamored with fat grafting of the nose Hmm. for revision rhinoplasties. And I just did a revision yesterday where I fat grafted the patient preemptively Mm -hmm. before the rib graft reconstruction that I was doing. Oh, the revision rhinoplasty, because the skin was so stiff and stuck and gnarled up that I felt like if I could do some subcision, cut the skin off of the underlying structures and get some fat in there, that it would make the the skin better for the revision rhinoplasty. And lo and behold, it was a home run oh, nice. to do that. Yeah. It was awesome. Not everybody needs that. Not everybody needs the fat grafting before. In fact, you can do fat grafting at the time of revision rhinoplasty also in certain instances. But, man, did this help a lot. And that's where fat, I think, is really curative.
1: It's great. And let's – so let's talk about that. Let's talk about why we like fat so much. Why are we calling it liquid gold? What is so great about fat? So there is the – obvious thing that fat provides which is volume so volume where you're missing it this is the basis of a bbl brazilian butt lift you're taking fat from an unwanted area usually you know the waist or the arms or the thighs wherever you don't like your extra fat and you're putting it in a place where you want to have fat and so by doing so you remove it from where you don't want it you skinny that area down and then you put it in a larger area where you want it that's the obvious volume replacement benefit of fat grafting But fat grafting has so many other properties other than just the volume that it brings. It comes with, we call it stem cells, but it's not stem cells. It's just it, it encourages the cells around them to proliferate and to grow. So in areas that have been really damaged, we use it in radiated tissues, radiated breasts, in your noses that may have a lot of scar tissue and poor skin quality, blood supply, you put some fat in there and you look at that same tissue again, three months under a microscope, and you will see new blood vessels have grown into those tissues. So it really has a reparative job, really, of these damaged tissues. So it can act like a therapy as well as just plain old volume replacement.
0: Yeah. I mean, the volume's great. The uh, All those kind of healing properties of bringing in New tissue, very valuable,
1: super valuable.
0: And yeah, so I mean, it's it just great. it changes the game. It changes the overlying skin. Yeah, and that's why I do a lot of fat grafting with my facelifts. Uh, I do a lot in the breast. Uh, I do when after removing. There's a big trend right now to remove your breast implants, and then people want to still have some volume, so you take out the breast implants, put in some fat. It's not the same as an implant, but it does provide some volume, and I have a lot of really nice results from that. That uh, The breasts look great. They're obviously smaller, but, you know, the the volume that you can put in is is helpful to at least having some sort of, you know, volumetric change after removing the implants.
1: Right. Well, let's talk about the different places we can put fat, and we've already mentioned a few. But let's kind of go like top to bottom and where we put fat and what the benefits of it are. So we just mentioned that we like putting in the face. Um, It's great with facelifts. You know, facelifts are designed to reposition soft tissues, to remove some extra skin, to elevate and kind of rejuvenate the overall look. But one of the things with aging is not just that tissues are falling and responding to gravity. It's actually that like you've lost some of the, the volume of the face, the actual fat in the face, the bone of the face starts to resorb. So you actually do lose volume in places like the chin and the cheek and around the nose. So combining fat with the facelifts is a really great way of rejuvenating the face. Because not only are you repositioning and putting things back where they belong, you're also putting in volume where you've lost it. So fat's super helpful in the face. But
0: I want to add a point to that. One thing that I've done in the last six months is I've fat grafted two foreheads. Hmm. And in fact, you saw one of the patients today at the end of the day. And the fat really makes a big difference in the forehead. It's it's amazing what it did for both of my patients and they sort of drove it more than me they're like can you put some f- fat in the forehead I was like sure why not sure. you know and then I put like 15 cc's 20 cc's in each of the foreheads and man what a what a difference it, does, I mean, it looks great it
1: does give you back a little more of that youthful yeah. contour of the face i mean we do put it on the temples routinely, yep. um, on the sides, the hollows, can get really hollow with age. That's kind of a standard place to put it. Other standard places in the face are the cheeks, sometimes under the eyes, the chin, the nasolabial fold or the smile lines, and even the upper lip. So really almost any place in the face you can put it. Now, this is not the time to go crazy with fat volume. It's not, we're not trying to you know, turn you into like... You know the mushroom, <laughs> <But> like,
0: <laughs> the Stay Puff marshmallow. We don't
1: man. want that. That's not that's not the idea here. It's really just to replace what you may have lost over time, and I, it works great.
0: Yeah, I've seen some people who are just way over fat grafted. They, yeah. it, it, that is not cute,
1: and it's not cute, but it's also really hard to remove. Yeah, particularly in the face where there's so many fibrous bands and dense adhesions and small spaces. It's really difficult to remove fat that's been put into the face. So less is more in the face, for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I've fat grafted the neck. I have done uh, the uh, the transverse lines in the neck with fat. Mm-hmm. That's that's helped. It doesn't that's go a tricky away. One
1: the transverse lines are.
0: It doesn't go away. Tricky. Yeah, I mean, I think. You need to iron those. (laughs) You do. You can lift them. You can pull them. You can change their position. They're kind of like permanent structures of the neck. They're not. they're not awesome.
1: Things like Morpheus and microneedling.
0: Microneedling helps.
1: Yeah, definitely helps. But yeah, getting those creases is difficult. Decollete. Decollete.
0: Fat grafting the decollete. You know that gets very crinkly and wrinkly and sun damaged and gnarly looking after some time.
1: Mm.
0: Put a little fat in there. It helps. Yeah,
1: you can definitely do that. I think you'd have to make the fat pretty thin.
0: You do. You have to. Really so that's part it. of the the nano yeah. fat. Yeah. You know, and that's pretty much what I do almost uniformly. Is I pass it through a, a disaggregator. It's it kind of breaks the fat down to small droplets. And uh, it it does make the injection a lot easier, and you can really smooth things out with it. If you put it in as you know big chunky fat, like you're doing a BBL into the or something, yeah, it's not, it's not going to
1: work. It's going to be lumpy bumpy. But you, if you can really get it to a more liquefied form, then yeah, that could definitely be really nice for sure. And then and then the breasts, which we which we touched on before, there's a lot of ways to use fat in the breast definitely. You can use it for volume replacement, so someone that may be averse to having an implant, they don't want the idea of a foreign body or have to deal with potential complications, so they wanna try fat crafting. Fat grafting works in the breast to provide volume. If you have enough fat to give and you're okay with doing it maybe a couple times and you're okay with it still looking like a very natural breast, because it's in no way, shape, or form gonna mimic what an implant can do, which is a very full, especially up top, an upper pole fullness, and it is not gonna stay high and perky. It's gonna sit in your natural breast and look like a natural breast, but just a little bit larger. So fat grafting in this capacity is nice, like you said, if you're taking out the implants and you don't wanna put another implant back in, Fat grafting is another way of giving some volume back to the breast. And it's a great idea for doing with just a lift in general. If someone comes in and wants to do a breast lift, combining it with fat, particularly on the top portion of the breast, can give a little bit of extra oomph and volume and cleavage that you don't have to have an implant for. But it's it's subtle. It's not going to be a huge change. If you're really trying to go up a cup size with fat grafting, you're going to need probably a couple of rounds of it.
0: Now, do you do your fat grafting... At the same time as your lift, as the mastopexy, the breast yeah, lift, I do. So do I. And yeah. you know, I am always concerned about the pedicle because I'm fat grafting right into the the blood tissue, supply.
1: <laughs> like, the one vessel here, that's left to your nipple. Yeah,
0: take this. Um, but you know, it does. It. it I've not had any problems be. with it. It's okay. been fine. I use yeah. small cannulas yeah. uh, or small cannulae. small, cannuli,
1: small cannulas, say. small syringes. It, yep. it seems to. It seems to be okay and it, it doesn't seem the risk of, of doing it doesn't seem to outweigh the risk of going back for a second surgery. So right. I That's exactly right. I routinely do it at the same time. Even if I'm removing it in plan, I will do it all at the same time. The thing about fat grafting though, and this is true no matter where you put it, when you harvest the fat and inject it somewhere, that fat is not alive. It is not coming with any of its own blood supply it is technically kind of a dead structure once you've removed it from its natural home the way it survives in the very beginning is by sort of drinking blood supply from surrounding fat that already lives in that area and so every piece of fat that you put in that you inject has to be touching normal fat that already is in that area and so if you put a ton of fat in, all that fat that's in the middle is going to not be touching anything alive, and it's just going to die. And then you'll have some problems. So it's not like you can just take as much fat as you want and inject it to the giant volume that you want it to be because it, it won't necessarily survive. So that's why we sometimes have to do a couple of rounds of fat grafting to achieve any desired effect.
0: Yeah, and that fat that dies off in the center of that turns into scar tissue, and mm-hmm. it can, uh, what's known as fat necrosis, necrosis right. meaning dead, death. So a, uh, and and what'll happen is it won't like necessarily puss out, although it can. It can. Uh, but it will typically scar in, be painful, which mm-hmm. I've seen. Yep. Fat necrosis is painful. Get
1: painful, it can be red.
0: Yeah, so you want to do very judicious fat grafting, and I think, you know, my... My concept has always been to like really skinny down the fat, if that you will, like really disaggregating it a bunch, whether, and mostly what I do now is I put it through a nano fat kind of process to get it down and then, you know, decant off all the, uh, the fluid that's used the tumescent fluid to get the fat out then uh, pass it through a disaggregator and then reinject it. I don't do a lot. I don't spin. I don't. I don't put it in a, in a centrifuge and I don't, uh, you know, spray holy water on it. And, you know, I I don't do all that. I do put a little antibiotics in it lately. That seems, that's not been a problem, but it seems like people are doing that. So I'm like, sure, why not? Uh, It's not going to hurt. Um, but you never know. It might, you know, antibiotics might not be awesome for the fat. We don't really know that yet. Uh, but I've, uh, I kind of like to, to give it a little bit of a, of, of a little bath.
1: In uh, some so you, you do spray a little holy water. Yeah, a little
0: holy water. Little, I guess a little juju. <laughs> a little, just in like, cases. <laughs>
1: please
0: live. Please, please don't behave. get infected. Please. <laughs> and uh, but it does really well. Yeah. And I love fat grafting the breasts. I love fat grafting the butt. Um, and I understand that you've you've been doing some hands with some fat. Yeah, the Coleman that, technique.
1: Yeah, fat grafting to the hands is fantastic. So this is for hands that are aging over time and have lost volume. And it can be very disconcerting to some people, especially if they've worked really hard to maintain a youthful face and neck. And then they look down at their hands and they're like, oh, gosh. Those are
0: old lady hands. <laughs> those
1: are my mom's hands. Where did those come from? Yeah,
0: that's true. They don't so, look great.
1: You know, They, they do. The, the hands lose volume very quickly. And that's a very sine qua non appearance of older people is that they have very, very thin, bony hands. So you can inject fat in them as well. And that is great. They, they love that. Um, again, you need sometimes a couple rounds because you can't just like squirt a ton of fat into the hands. No. But it, when it takes and you've had your round or two, it really does a great job at rejuvenating the hands for sure.
0: Yeah, because it is, you know, it's a very natural tissue. It doesn't, it's not, uh, you know, it's not going to be very structural. So it's going to kind of follow the contours yeah. of whatever's under it, you know, skin stretched over your tendons and bones of the hand. It's it's going to fill it in so it looks softer, more youthful, but it's not going to be like block-like or or structural that way. So it does work great for those types of situations. You know, there are certain times where people say, oh, would you use fat or filler for this? And there are certain things that I would say, you know, filler is more structural and you got to use it there. But, you know, if I can go to fat, I want it.
1: Yeah. Fat is, fat works really, really well. And there is this concept that, you know, you lose so much percent of the fat you put in And, and that's true. You know, the sort of the the sequelae of fat injection is that you put this fat in and you see the patient's back after one week and they are over the moon. They're like, oh my gosh, this looks so good. It looks so good. And that's always where I'm like, okay, yes, but like, don't get too excited because this is not how it's going <laughs> to stay. not over yet. This is not by any means how it's going to look because they're swollen. You know, there's been some traumas to the tissues and the, the tissues have reacted and they're swollen. So they look really puffed up. So that swelling goes down over two to three weeks, and that's when people think that they've lost their fat. They haven't. You've just lost some swelling. And so now we're at that stage where the fat's starting to figure out what's going to survive and what's not. And I usually watch the fat up to about three months, six at most, but by three months, some of the fat that you've put in has reabsorbed. I tell patients about 30% of what I put in just doesn't survive. It gets flushed out by the body. And then you keep about 70%. And for the most part, that is sort of at about three months that I say, okay, whatever you have now is more or less what you're gonna keep.
0: Right, I and, agree with that.
1: And then if, if that's not enough and you wanna come back, then I'll wait another, you know, three months or so and we can come back and do some repeat back grafting. So n- no, not all of it stays. And yes, what you see in the beginning is a lot of swelling. And you gotta give it a few months to really see what's what's what.
0: Yeah, that's kind of how it works. Um, I do give patients antibiotics around the uh, the time of surgery. Pain control is usually pretty minimal if they need, you know, it depends on how big of the surgery is yeah. um, you know the might need some narcotics here or there, and then uh, ibuprofen or whatever else you want to give them. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty, it's a well-tolerated procedure. It works well. Uh, it does sometimes need to be repeated a year, two, three, four years down the road, yeah. if depending on you know you have to you know plastic surgery and aging are sort of like a, an ongoing duo and you you have to use it as you go and and it's not there's nothing permanent about aging so like just because you do some beautiful fat grafting doesn't mean it's not going to need to be refreshed in 2 to 3 years that's that's kind of the way it works
1: well that's the thing too is that wherever you put the fat it's going to behave like fat anywhere in your body that's right. so if you gain weight you can gain weight in that area if you that's lose right. weight you can lose the fat in that area it behaves like the fat you know, and actually, funny enough, which is nice, is that it actually behaves like the fat from the area you took it. That's true. So it's that's why it's called stubborn fat. So if you're someone who historically gains and keeps fat in your midsection, then that is a great fat to use because wherever you put it, it's probably going to stick around in that place too. So it just it becomes part of your body. And if you age, if you gain weight, lose weight, it's going to respond the rest uh, the way the rest of your body does. Post op care is as you mentioned, a little bit of pain control. Any area you put fat on, I do try and prevent any kind of undue pressure on it. Right, you don't want to squeeze it. You don't want to squeeze it for about two to three weeks. You know, I say don't sleep on that side. Don't wear a tight bra if we did fat grafting. There are special garments for fat to the butt. Like just. Keep the pressure off of it. That's where you know, women don't sit for a couple weeks after the BBLs because you don't want to put pressure on the fat and then have it die. But after about two to three weeks, it's integrated pretty well. It's got its blood supply going, so you can start to behave like normal. And then I guess the one last thing or last caveat I would like to talk about with fat grafting is that depending on how you decide to, to proceed, fat grafting alone is not necessarily a liposuction procedure. So I have some Mm. patients that come in and we're doing fat crafting to the breast and they may have a fair amount of fat on their abdomen or wherever we're taking it. And they think that they're getting a liposuction procedure of their abdomen. I'm not. They're getting a
0: fat harvest. They're getting a
1: fat harvest. Mm. So I'm only taking as much as I need. And again, I can't take a whole lot if I'm putting it into the breast or someplace, which is kind of a small volume area. I'm just taking what I need. If what you are looking for is an actual liposuction procedure of your abdomen, that is a whole separate procedure. The techniques are the same, but I approach it much differently. If I'm doing liposuction procedure of the abdomen, you're booked for liposuction, you paid for liposuction, I'm spending a lot more time and really skinnying you down as opposed to just taking what I need.
0: Yeah, that is a huge uh... Yeah, they think, the uh, patients always think like, oh, so you're just going to suck all this out? I'm like, no, I need no. like five cc's for your nose. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> if you'd like me to suck all that, we could talk about yeah. that. But that's like, you know, two it's hours yeah. and three hours more of surgery. It's, I'm going to take five cc's of fat and inject it into your nose and yeah. you are not going to be any thinner. Nope. And I'm nope. like, what Aww. would it take to be thinner? <laughs> so I just,
1: a few more yeah, hours couple of liposuction. A few more hours of lipo <laughs> and
0: we'll do it. That's for sure. Yeah, so that's That's a good point, and very, very important to know. Yeah, thank you for that one.
1: Unless you're doing a BBL, and if you're doing a BBL, usually you do try and
0: every bit of fat, every bit of fat
1: from the abdomen that you can, because the whole idea is to skinny the abdomen and enhance the buttocks.
0: Absolutely, Uh, there's you know people just want that they want that booty. It is (laughs) a it is a thing right now, and uh, it's not going anywhere. No, I thought it would have like kind of calmed down by now, but you know, there's a there's a real drive for mm-hmm. for some some, some width and some projection and some bounce. It yeah. is a it is a thing in in the entire on the globe.
1: Yeah. People really are into
0: it. Yeah,
1: and um, we love it. We love all kinds of fat crafting. You know, from the head to the toe. So that I think I think that pretty much covers what you need to know about fat crafting.
0: Well, in that case, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you literally from the 90210. If you like what you heard on the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast and want to get in touch with either Dr. Ravello or myself...